No, I just got to change the cameras over. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to the DARF show. Uh, the guys here are going to break down the Daytona 500, which was obviously full of a lot of action, a lot of events, and a lot of carryover. So, guys, I'm going to turn it over to you guys, and uh, I'll just sit back and be quiet. Nathan, what do you think, uh, outside of Newman's wreck, what do you think the biggest surprise in the, the race was? Uh, It got a little bit more, like at the beginning, it was a little more single file than what I thought it was going to be. But with the way the they had the stages divided up, you know, I think it was a little bit more dependent on fuel mileage. And they was kind of just riding around, you know, saving fuel, just, you know, saving their car. And, you know, it. I mean, it got just a tad boring for a little bit to me. But that third stage, just it really made up for it. You know, they was side by side, two and three wide, you know. I'm glad you brought the fuel mileage up because there was a comment made over the radio. I cannot remember which driver made the comment. But he said he did not want to lead the race no more because he was consuming too much fuel. Right. And what race car driver does not want to lead a race? Right. So I think in the future that's something NASCAR needs to look at. Mm -hmm. If they're not wanting to lead, then they're not wanting to race. I mean, right. you, you race for a win, right? not for I'm going to sit back here and ride. Either we need to shorten the events up or mm -hmm. you know, find something else to, to take care of that. Because when, when you hear a race car driver... I mean, we would never hear no one at Brownstown say, I don't want to leave the race. Right, right. And for them to say that, you know, there's an issue with, with NASCAR right. there. Yeah. Um, I did read before the season started, you know, a week or so ago, that most of the races, they were short, or they were changing the lengths of the stages. And, you know, I, I like the stage racing. I do, you too. Know, it, it adds a little bit level, a little bit more level of excitement, you know, for the most part. But at a at a restrictor plate track, you know, I don't care much for it, you know, and especially on a road course. But if they're going to do it, they don't need to count the caution laps, in my opinion. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. That way everything's racing and uh, – right. I, I like that idea too that's a yeah like the uh the xfinity race saturday or maybe it was a truck race friday night um stage lengths the first two stages were 20 laps a piece caution flies at you know 20 laps in that's your first stage and they weigh six or seven laps under caution yes and so, they're shortening the, the second stage yeah, yeah so you're really only running 12 or 13 laps in the second stage i mean you can still do your points and all that but I don't know. To me, that's just kind of, you know, it, it's worse at a super speedway, I think, for the stages. But I'm going to agree with you. I like the stages, mm -hmm. but we only race like 10 laps to the end of the stage. Mm -hmm. It's the only time we see, like you said, it was, let's all get in line and, you know, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. 10 laps ago. Now let's all race. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially on the super speedways with restrictor plates, that's causing more of the pileups and you're taking out half the field right. because then everybody's in a hurry in those last right. 10, you know, those last 10 laps to try to get up and get stage right. points. And, you know, there was a lot of this deal, you know, like with manufacturers like Dodge mm. or Dodge. Here I am going back. <laughs> wow. We're going way back. Yeah. With Ford and Toyota and Chevy, you know, all their guys were grouped up. Toyota's, you know, all five of them in the race, they dropped all the way to the rear and rode around. Yeah. Which, you know, I see both sides of it. You know, they want to be around at the end you know 
wrecks are going to happen middle of the field front of the field you know but that's just kind of taking over super speedway racing i, I it, agree you know i mean it like i said I, I see both sides of it but in a way you know the team orders manufacturer orders i'm not a big fan of that part i'm, I'm not either I'm, I'm gonna give you that um something i was kind of shocked over was kyle bush blowing up i think if yeah. you look back the last three or four years and i haven't done that i'm just kind of talking off the top of my head here but joe gibbs's motor failures have to be probably one of the rarest right. in nascar right are you agreeing with that yes <laughs> so that's why it said yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think you know I think Kyle and Denny, they had the two best cars down there. I mean, other than, you know, there was a couple Fords that were fast. But, you know, Denny, he could drive that car, you know, about anywhere you could or where he could put it. Can we take a moment for Denny? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Three of the last five. Mm -hmm. I mean, and back to back. I mean, that's... you like him, you don't like him, I don't care, but the guy's got Daytona figured out. Yeah. He does. He joins Elite Company. Oh, know, yeah. Pretty much. There's only, what, four other guys? Jeff four. Gordon's won three. Yeah. So, he's you know, he's tied with Gordon now at three. Um, well, and then, like, back-to-back, I think. Sterling Marlin. Yeah, Sterling Marlin. Kelly Arborough. Kelly Arborough. Yeah. I think there may have been one more. I'm not positive, but. Possibly, but I yeah. know yeah, Yarborough was the first, and then Sterling Marlin right. was the next. Right. So, so but. Yeah, when they, he blew up, I mean, that's a rarity. Yeah. You know, you just... That's why I didn't know if maybe Gibbs Engineering was thinking, let's try some experimental stuff. Right. And I mean, if to me, if they're going to try some experimental stuff, I don't know if I would do it in the Daytona 500. Though. I definitely would have done it in the Clash. Yes, the Clash. Or the know, 125s. You're right. You know. Right. You never know. Yeah. But did they maybe try it and didn't see any problems with it, but saw speed and thought... It's worth rolling oh, this into yeah. the 500. Yeah, that's a good point. And we, you also got to figure those cars ran a whole extra race mm-hmm. with the 125s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that there was a more – those cars went further than 500 miles. Yeah. So, you know, that could have made a difference in, in that. You know, so. they could have ran almost, what, over 600 miles, you know, between practice, the – 125s. The, yeah, those races, you know, pushing Yeah, they practiced for a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, what else did you find uh, – uh kind of the tandem racing's back in a way you know the fords yeah. seemed like they could really do it a lot better than what the chevys and the toyotas could do well i know at the end of the year last year they started talking about the pointed nose on the camaro mm-hmm. and i really thought when they redid the cars this year they would try to flatten that out even more right because they can't push no um and i almost wonder if nascar wasn't gonna step in and say this is causing issues with our racing this needs reshaped and you know they didn't um lost my train of thought here for a second which that's no surprise but (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) um you know i was really i don't want to say surprised but the runs that guys could get oh yes you know like the closing rate you know, I think that's why these guys are throwing these crazy blocks. 
you know, they, they see a guy coming, they know, well, you know, I got to go down or I got to go up real quick. And, you know, it's causing all kinds of trouble, but I just don't see how they can see with those big spoilers. You know, they see a guy coming and, you know, you got a spoiler almost a foot tall and. Well, they're not seeing it. They're working totally off right. the, the spotter saying, you know, right. Bottom lane, top lane. They're just, you know, they're looking in the mirror. Right. But that spotter's, yeah, that spotter's telling them where to go. And I think Jamie Mack, I think it was Jamie Mack even on the broadcast, talked about that and said when you are truly locked up with somebody drafting, you can't see no. anything. Yeah. He said you can't see behind you, you can't see the side of you, and you're so close to them. And he says especially if you're in a run, you might be able to look through their windshield to see the next bumper. But he goes, you're, you are 100% at the mercy of what your spotter tells you. But I don't even know if you can do that after you get some laps on because, you know, like Nathan said that that – Spoiler's a foot tall, so mm-hmm. it's grabbing all the rubber that's up in the air mm-hmm. and piling up on that Lexan. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have to put another pit guy to clear the, right. the, the wing off yeah, so they can see you, Yeah, so they can utilize it still. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's yeah, – I know what they're trying to do, and I kind of appreciate that, but the rearview mirror is almost a waste of time now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, overall, you know, aside from all the stuff that – happened towards the end you know i thought it was you know pretty solid race you know i'd seen better but i've seen a heck of a lot worse you know it was it was pretty decent you know i'll be the first to admit i was i was standing up in my living room right in front of the tv clapping and Mm -hmm. cheering for ryan newman Mm -hmm. i was too Uh, that you know when i seen him make that move which to me that was a veteran move you know he's seen you know the greats of the sport do that move and he was there to do that and that's why i like what blaney said you know Blaney was like, I realized he was going to get you know a, a brand win. Mm-hmm. So I, when I realized I couldn't get around him, I just tucked him behind him and tried to shove him to the right. win. And I, you know, things just went a little south there. You know, I hated to see that big wreck there towards the end, but you know that put you know the with what twenty laps left or whatever. Yeah. But it put some different players. You know, you still had Denny Hamlin and you know some guys like that, but you had like Ryan Newman. Uh, McDowell, McDowell was up there. Was up there. Yes. Um, who else was? I mean, there was a few, you know, mid-pack cars that was in the mix. Well, Corey LaJoy. Yes. He was running fifth or sixth, you know, when all that yeah. mess happened. And, you know, it, it's nice to see, you know, some different players in the end, especially, you know, that super speedway race, and that's their equalizer. Yes. You know, and it, it's kind of nice to see stuff like that. Who do you think was uh, the letdown? of the of that race Mm. well as fast as a car that ricky stenhouse had i mean that i think that was maybe not him but just going back to him you know he was fast but i just don't know if he could put a full race together i mean i know he's won a couple super speedway races but it's just like he's too aggressive too early that's where i was gonna go he has a tendency to wreck a lot of other people yeah. trying to do what he does yeah. and, and he had too fast of a car to be you know pulling stupid stuff in yes. my opinion you know if he'd have just kind of rode around a little bit he might have been there at the end because i have so. to 100 percent blame him for william byron oh, yeah. crashing out early yeah, in the race definitely. i mean and it, it was not necessary at that time you know mm-hmm. we weren't coming close to an end of a stage it just like he gets it in his mind that's the spot i want right then right and you know he would do so much better if he would just back up just mm-hmm. a little bit yeah 
you know, and slow down. I'm going to throw this one out, and I just want to see what you guys think. Because I will say my disappointment of the race was Kevin Harvick. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was going mean, to be mine, too. Yeah. yeah that I So, I sorry to steal that for you. I just, yeah. when I look at the whole race, I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying about Stenhouse, but Stenhouse was fast at times. Harvick, I thought, dropped back to the back to just stay out of the mess and, and then come the, up later. But he had nothing. Well, the TV tried to push that. You know, they we don't we call him the closer because you know, mm-hmm. i think everybody expected you know yeah, he closed shop about lap seven yeah <laughs> you know uh stenhouse done what stenhouse always does yeah. and i think everybody expected harvick to do what harvick always yeah. does but he didn't you know he just yeah rode around and shots fired shots fired that's looking at you kevin yeah i mean maybe you know looking at that contract extension maybe his heart really is and that's yeah. what i thought Maybe he needs to be in the booth because he sure didn't drive like Happy right. as drove in the years past. Right. And I think that's where I will – I would say something about Stenhouse is, you know, I think that Stenhouse has that overly aggressive younger driver mentality that we see with a lot of guys. I mean, you yeah. go back and look at Stewart when he was young. Mm-hmm. He got himself in a lot of messes. Matt Kenseth did that. Kurt you know, Busch. Kurt Busch, yeah. you know, Kyle Busch. I mean, yeah. all of them kind of go through that. And I'm not saying that Stenhouse is in that that category of driver, but I think that's a lot of his aggressive. That's what I think I was most disappointed in Kevin Harvick was it, for the first time, really looked like he was content just being out for a Sunday drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I also want to throw this to you because this is probably what I thought was the most interesting thing um, of the race. How about Christopher Bell being a young guy, being a being a young guy that grew up with technology, being totally freaked out by the digital dash? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, when they interviewed him on one of the rain delays. That was what I thought when he said that he wanted them to set it up as close to an analog mm-hmm. looking dash as they could get for him. And I think that goes back to the sprint cars, though. I don't this I I thought about the same thing. That's all he's ever used to seeing is looking in and seeing analog da- you know, gauges. Yeah. So, you know, he's not integrated to that because, you know, they yank him out of a sprint car, you know, and yeah, he's been in NASCAR a little bit, but Well, you know, like the Xfinity series, they, they don't, don't have those no, dashes. They they're, they're analog yeah, still. Yeah. You know, yeah. and jumping right straight into something like that, I couldn't imagine. You yes. know, you're so used to something like that and then get thrown into basically a computer screen showing all your information. You know, that's 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 a big curveball. But I'm like you. He's the age of the more computerized it could be, the better I would like it. He right. he, he didn't go that route. Right. Yeah, I, I would have seen somebody else having a problem with that transition before him. So I think the class act move, and it really wasn't on the racetrack. But if you listen to the commentary, I'm going to give this to, to Corey LaJoy. Mm-hmm. When he walked up to Rick Hendrick at the Hall of Fame and gave him a letter. Yes. And said, Mr. Hendrick, I might not be what you're looking for, but I'd like for you to look at me. Yep. I have to – that's hats off to Corey LaJoy right. because that's how Carl Edwards got into NASCAR. He sold himself yep. until someone finally listened to him. And uh, I thought that was very cool. Right. And, you know, I've never not rooted against Corey, but that made me kind of want to root for him more because, well, you know, it's like, here, I'm going to walk out on this limb, go to one of the biggest car owners in mm-hmm. NASCAR and give you a letter and say, please look at me. Right. You know – there's other car owners out there that you know admire that too he might not get into the 48 car next year but you take a guy like roger penske oh yeah you know loyalty means a lot to him you know there's a driver brad kozlowski this is his last year his contract yes you know there's a few other teams well a few other drivers big name drivers that doesn't have a 
contract signed. You know, Clint Boyer's not signed with yes. Stuart Haas. Guys like that might see that in Corey LaJoy, you know, and then if they have the funding, you know, why not take a chance on oh, a yeah. guy like that? He's young, you know. I mean, I would. Oh, I yeah. I mean, he, the boy's yeah. talented. He does – that 32 car he's in right now, he has done more in that car than I think almost anybody has. Matt Benedetto was in that car a couple of years ago. Or was that last year, year before? Benedetto was in the 95 last year. Yes, and then yes. 2018, he was in the 32. Yeah. He had some, you know, bright spots, but LaJoy, he can do a lot with a little, in my yes. opinion. He he is... Well, he's like a DiBenedetto. He's, yeah. You know, he's come up on the, the hard side. You know, he was Ryan Newman. Ryan has had... He's like the one of the few that had to really prove right. himself. Right. And, you know, DiBenedetto's been that way, and, and LaJoy has. Yeah. And, but this him... I guess having the guts to walk up to Hendrick and say, "Oh, I couldn't imagine." You know, you know hey, I'd be scared. <laughs> you know, the two things everyone you know wants in life is to be liked and and to be right. Mm-hmm. And you know, just to walk up and say, "Hey, I might not be what you're looking for, right?" But please, you know, look at me. Well, you know, one of the commentators said, "You know, the worst thing that that Rick Hendrick could say is no." Yeah, that's only. Yeah, it ain't gonna. You, you know, know, if you don't ask, you're not going to get an answer. That's exactly right. You know, it's worth taking a shot for. I want to throw this out to you guys too, and and it's kind of the elephant in the room. We'll get more on it later, but going to that last accident and going to Ryan Newman's you know situation, and, and I'm not even going to get into all the other stuff. But can can we talk as a as a racing fan community? Can we get off of when something like that happens immediately? You know, calling for Ryan Blaney's head like it was his oh, fault yes. or you know, the stuff that I saw on Twitter after that. Now, don't get me wrong. 90% of it was absolutely amazing and in support of mm-hmm. Newman and, and thinking about that. And I love the people who also pointed out you need to be thinking about Blaney and LaJoy as well. I was getting ready to go there yeah. with that, too. Um, yeah. but, but the other 10% Can we get off of this yeah. this this blaming yeah. him? I mean, well, that, that 10% is what makes the, the sport look bad. Exactly. Because for some reason, they get all the momentum. Yep. You know, of, you know... Ryan Blaney needs a band out and ask. He was racing, and he yeah. and he's been mission before he even knew what Newman's injuries were. Mm-hmm. I was trying to push him to the wind, right? And you Newman know. would sit right here, I guarantee you, and tell you if he wouldn't have pushed him, he'd have been pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You're that exactly. was his expectations. Get on my back bumper and right. let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we all know Newman. Everybody every week, he's got the widest car in the racetrack. He's yep. the hardest guy to pass. Yep. So when Blaney got behind him, he knew he wasn't going to get yep. around him. I mean that you know because that's how Newman races. Yep. So he tucked in and let's let's go. I'll mm-hmm. get second. And I'd also like to say this about Corey LaJoy. And I read this today. You know they showed the picture of him right after his car came to a stop and he was out and he was on his knees. Yes. And a lot of people made a lot of speculations about what he was doing in that moment. And I thought it was really a class act that he put out on Twitter today and said, mm-hmm. "Let me clear some things up." He said, "I did fall to my knees." He said, "Because I was out of breath." And he said, my, my chest was hurting from where the, the straps had put strap burn on me from what I pulled. I also read that NASCAR said that was a 55G crash. But he said, I had no clue who I hit, mm-hmm. what their you know, status was, how they were. He said, I didn't. And, and if you watched later in the broadcast, when they talked to him coming out of the care center, he had no clue how bad Ryan Newman no. was. But I thought that was a class act because he could have played that as – Yes, I dropped to my knees to, and he said he said a prayer. Thank you, God, for putting your hands over me. He could have played that as being something totally different because everybody wanted to read into it. 
But the, the, the real thing was he was out of breath, totally shaken up by what just happened, but he had no clue what he hit right. at that moment. Well, I'm going I'm to even add more onto that with all of them, the 10% getting on to Denny Hamlin for celebrating on the front stretch. We had three or four pile-ups through the race that everybody was fine. Nobody had any issues. The truck got upside down Friday night. Mm-hmm. No issues. You know, we expect wrecks in NASCAR. I'm sure Hamlin realized there was a wreck behind him. Well, actually, kind of in front of him, it started out. Happens all the time. And they celebrate. Mm-hmm. As soon as they realized that it was thought to be serious, they squashed the celebration. Right. But when Michael Waltrip won and Dale Earnhardt died, Junior and Waltrip were celebrating in victory lane. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk on that, too, because I saw a lot of posts about, and, and number one, you talked about the class act that, that Blaney and LaJoy were. The class act Joe Gibbs yes. is. And, yes, and, and yes. yes, sir. Bottom yep. line, if you don't think he is, you don't know that man and, right. and yes. what he's done in his time in sports. But he immediately, once they figured out, number one, took time to pray for Ryan Newman, and then he immediately made an apology yes. for them celebrating. But what I, what I think some of those people that are going nuts about saying – well, his spotter should have told him. His spotter saw it. As soon as he's won, he's starting to unbuckle. The race is over. He's taking and his he helmet off. Out. He's yeah. taking the, the radio out. Yes. He has no communication. He doesn't know what that is yes. and how serious it was. And I'll be 100% honest, and everybody out here on Twitter can say they, they knew it. And, I, and I've said to you, I thought we just watched Ryan Newman die. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with you. But I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. I sat right there in front of the TV and said, God, I think if it'd be really bad, they'd be rushing to get him flipped over and pull him out. And that, you know, everything was so slow and so methodical. I didn't know how he was. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yes, I understand that sitting at home watching on TV and we have a lot more knowledge of what Denny Hamlin does. It looked really bad, but kudos to Gibbs and Hamlin for coming out and saying, you know what? It's on us. Mm-hmm. And we apologize. I'll give him kudos for doing that, but I don't think they had to, you know, because like i said they wreck all the time at the end of the races and they still celebrate yeah it isn't let's hold the celebration and make sure everyone's okay right you know that's business as usual you know they crashes on the last lap all the time you know at these big tracks and you know you're just so used to seeing you know these teams are so used to seeing something like that like you said they go on ahead with their celebrations you know business as usual but you know like said you know when they found out how severe it was you know that's when they pulled everybody and and i think you said it best yes hamlin saw newman spin in front of him Mm -hmm. he had no clue that the car got airborne and on the driver's side you know ran right into Corey lajoy's car he had no clue what happened he could have thought even if he'd seen it could have thought ryan was already out and headed to the infield care center so i mean like i said when you saw the look on Corey lajoy's face and you saw the look on blaney's face in pit lane and you know even denny when he found out that was a whole telling sign of the way they felt but i will say this too and i agree with you 100 percent going back and i would love to have the opportunity to sit down and interview ryan newman ryan newman would not feel disrespected because they celebrated because newman knows what it would what what that race is and and even though he's yeah. won it before the excitement that whole team felt for winning the daytona 500 back-to-back three wins putting them in the the category it did newman's not going to feel that way you know but you, you also got to remember ryan newman is the last of the dale earnhardt era driver correct yep you know he was a firm believer you know if you're 
nervous about getting down the race car, you better put kerosene around your pant legs so mm-hmm. the ants don't climb up and eat your candy ass. I yep. mean, that quote from Earnhardt, and I, I believe Newman still believes that. Yep. You know, he is the last of that he's s- one of style the, of driver. Yeah, he's one of the true race, you know, from like you said, that generation, you know, one of the true race car drivers left. You yeah. know, he, I respect the heck out of him. You know, we all do, but. It's a, it was a rough deal, but, you yeah. know. We seen what was it five or seven years ago when Kyle Larson went through the fence in the Xfinity mm-hmm. race, you know the whole front of the car was sheared off. Mm-hmm. You know he was fine. What thirteen, fourteen years ago when Kenny Wallace went up into the fence in Darlington, yeah. the whole rear of the car got yeah. tore off. It happens. Well, like we've uh, gotten used to it. Yeah, like Austin Dillon's crash at oh, Daytona. Yes. You yes. know that car, it tore the rear, the front apart. You know. He got right out of it. You know, everybody was celebrating. Like, I mean, I think Dell Jr. won that race. Yeah. But I was at the truck race, man, I can't remember how long ago when Jeff Bodine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it knocked the engine yeah. block out of that. Yeah. You know, and it's. There was nothing. Of they continued to race after yep. the fact. Yep. And again, I know we talked about this a little bit, you know, before, but can we, can we also just say how far, you know, the improvements of have come safety wise and i know you and i talked read the article about you know that halo bar that newman fought for in 2009 they're saying is probably what saved Saving, his life yes. you know and, and and you know shout out to a guy like that i mean purdue graduate i mean not a dumb guy in any way right shape on, or form right um that pushed for these kind of you know safety features and well the seat i think was a ton in itself absolutely mm-hmm. you know it's uh the, i think the the addition bars up in the halo bar area and they set lower in the car because mm-hmm. you notice that one picture when it's floated you know when he's he's flipping in the air he's just barely over the the window opening so where the car took the most impact was actually above his head yeah. instead of right in the head area there i think they set a little bit more towards the center yes of the car I, I, I think so too yeah it just it is amazing to see where it's come because and i know we've said it and i'm not trying to reiterate it but i didn't believe that there was any way he walked away from that that wreck oh i I didn't if he wasn't dead i thought he was paralyzed me too Mm -hmm. or he would have been disfigured or something because i I was talking to uh i can't remember who it was at school and i said you know like he's so strapped in i said but his arms and legs are loose Mm -hmm. they're flailing you know they're moving in the car you know, what would have kept that arm from coming out the window at the time of impact? What would have, you know, sprint car drivers wear tethers to mm-hmm. hold their arms mm-hmm. in place? You know, is that maybe something sometime NASCAR look, you know, go back to the old school tethering because, the, you know, the window net was, you know, when the, the top buckled, the window net got loose. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it is an absolute just amazing thing and if you'd have told me that night and i'm not even talking about the fact we didn't know and all the stuff that surrounded it just watching that wreck if you'd have showed me that and said he'll walk out of the hospital you know three days later not even three days later so i mean it would happen it happened monday night so So 48 48 hours later two days later not even 48 yeah Yeah. i i would have said there's no way i mean that that's that is probably one of the worst i've ever seen yeah i was watching the race you know it's like everybody else and when that i didn't even realize how close the finish was i didn't care at the time but you know after the fact i i mean i admit i got emotional oh yeah you know 
if you're if you're any kind of NASCAR follower right. of any kind, you're going to get emotional. You know, you, you, we, we feel like we know these people. Exactly. That's what I was going to get to. You know, in a weird way, it's almost like their family that you've never met. Yeah. You know, you oh, yeah. they're on your TVs every weekend, you know, for the past 15 or 20 years in Newman's case. Yeah. And, you know, I was I text Dad and I said, I'm pretty sure we just saw Ryan Newman get killed. Yeah. And, you know, thank God, you know, for the safer cars now you know the engineers that that develop these chassis and you know the guys back at back at the shops that's putting them together you know as but here here's the other deal you said that was a 55g hit that lajoy had newman was skidding that direction so they were both moving in the same direction it was still 55g's right could you imagine if he was still on the racetrack? It just stopped on the racetrack and got hit. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. You know, like you could imagine, you know, I don't know for sure, but even after he flipped the first time after he hit the wall, he was still carrying a ton of forward momentum, you know, this 150 mile an hour maybe. And then here come LaJoy flying in, you know, 190, 200. If Newman wouldn't have had that much forward momentum, just think of how much oh, yes. worse you know and i think nascar needs to look at when they get sideways or backwards i know that you, know, you got the roof flaps and you got the hood flaps but something else to help keep them pulled to the ground yeah. because as soon as they get where any of that back end is going in the direction that they're going it immediately wants to yeah. sail so i mean something needs viewed at to you know that helps push that you know the roof flaps do a decent yeah. job but right there, so when he hit the wall and, and it even brought itself up a little bit, that takes the roof flaps right yeah. out of the equation. And, yeah. and especially on these super speedways. I yeah. mean, that's I, – and yeah, I know that that's, them at Bristol, it doesn't happen in some of these other places, but it just – we've seen way too many cars up yes. in the air. Yeah. So here's I – got, I got two things I want to throw out to you guys here before we wrap up, and we'll go one that's still here on Daytona, and then two, let's look ahead here a little bit to uh, Las Vegas. But first of all – and I know I said this to you, and, and I want to get you guys' takes on this. My personal opinion, it is time for NASCAR to look at restrictor plate racing. And and I'm going to give my opinion. I'm overseeing. <clears throat> and this isn't a direct result of the Ryan Newman thing. That's kind of the, the you know, pinnacle of it. But I'm tired of seeing 30 cars, you know, tore up. I go back to the Tony Stewart thing. Let's just run them backwards. Mm -hmm. Let's wreck them all out. But i'm tired of that i'm tired of seeing us put these guys in this position that it's life or death and and for me i don't know what you do nascar but it's it's time to figure out a different system i i, I agree with you on that dustin uh, i get tired of seeing all the cars piled up and you know everybody sets and waits for the big one mm -hmm. and you know it's like jeff gordon couldn't wait to say that when that first pile here's the big one you yeah. know like and on besides the wadding up of all the cars i'm just tired of watching them drive around just follow each other yeah mm -hmm. they're two or three wide up front and those commentators try their best to sell it as this is an amazing race but it's really not right. you know that's uh you know I, they're really just not racing anymore on the super speedways you know that's i think that needs i'm like you they need to look at this and either take the restrictor plates away and just de-horsepower the things where there's no restrictor plate but they don't come in with the 700 horsepower whatever it mm -hmm. is you know to and just let them race it see 
you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, here yesterday, you know, back 2010, 2011, you know, you had, like we was talking about the tandem racings, the bumpers lined up. Yes. You know, you had these small groups of cars. You know, there might be two cars, there might be four cars, and they were scattered all around the track. Well, one of them wrecks, they're not usually going to collect half the field. Yes. You know, there might be four or five cars involved, but, you know, they was more spread out. You know, they could lock bumpers, you know, and whatever, but it it kind of bothered me. You know, I was seeing some stuff on the internet, you know, like some posts on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, about people saying after the Ryan Newman wreck, well, why don't they just take the restrictor plates completely off and run 250 mile an hour around the place? That has to be, in my honest opinion, the stupidest idea because if they was running that fast and got turned, you know, just think of what, but I, NASCAR wouldn't allow that in the first place, but I agree. They well, need, they need to do something. You can take the restrictor plates off, but let's take away all the aerodynamics. Yeah. Where they kind of have to lift, you know, well, going, where, you know, Bill Elliott, you know, set the, the record mm-hmm. before restrictor plates. Those cars didn't have skirting all the way down laying mm-hmm. on the asphalt. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a bullet, you know, it was a car. Yeah. So, you know, let's look at maybe not letting them have all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't disagree with the, the tandem racing because that's one thing that really bothers me about the way they're racing now. I got no problem with, you know, uh, the draft and understanding that and if two or three cars can hook up and work against it. But there should never be in any, in my opinion, if you've got one of the best cars, and we watched it yesterday because it happened to Bush or on Monday, that Bush can be in front in the line get shuffled out and and not be able to i'm not saying drop but not be able to stay they fall you go straight to the yeah. back oh, yeah. there is no i can try and hold here at fourth or fifth yeah. and maybe get back in line you're gone yeah yes. there's a 10 or 15 mile an hour difference right as soon as you yes. pull yes. out of that and that's, line. A, that's a problem yeah. you yes. you i got no problem if two or three cars hook up and can go but you shouldn't be falling straight well, to the back we're taking the driver out of it absolutely mm-hmm. it's just about having a linked up team yes and the the brand thing you know i'm all about you know we heard uh, jp hyde on here you know went on sunday sell on monday but the brand dedication to me is kind of wearing me out already mm-hmm. with that you know okay you're in a toyota i'm in a ford we can't work together right where they might those two might be the the fastest guys out there but like you said earlier the the orders coming down from mm-hmm. corporations saying, Oh, you can't race with this guy because you know, he's got a T on the front of it yeah. and you know, you got a blue oval. Well, and even in the teammate thing, let's, let's go back to, you know, two of the guys that just went in the, the hall of fame, Stuart and Labonte back in when they started together and were running at Gibbs together, they were great teammates, but a lot of times Tony would say him and Bobby didn't le- didn't yes. draft as well together. It's why Tony worked with Dale Jr. so yes. much because yeah. they drafted really well together. Yeah. And prior to them going both to Chevy, that was a Pontiac and Chevy deal. I yeah. get it's all under the GM brand and we can sit here and have that argument. But still, and even then, if Bobby and Tony were working together, come down the last three laps, it was out the window. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter yes. who said what. Yeah. If Tony would have had a honda civic coming up outside that he thought he could jump in and pass labani he was going to yeah. and that's yeah. i agree with you i think the, the the manufacturer stuff is a little out of out of whack oh yeah it's this little things like that are adding up and 
you know, it just makes it hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty bad. And, you know, like, I think it was a spring race at Talladega last year. Whoever the head guy is at Chevy, you know, the racing part, him and all the Chevy drivers and the owners had one big meeting. You know, here's yeah. how we're going to do this. And that just it kind of just manipulates it to me. I mean, it's just – I don't want to say fix because I don't like using that term, you know, coming – from racing but i don't know i mean i to me it's just every man for yourself you know have I, at it and i think we need to leave the racing to the race car drivers yep. on the racetrack yep you know if mm -hmm. chevrolet wins great for chevrolet yep. but you know when like you said the head guy from the racing division of chevrolet gets against this is how you guys are going to do things well how's he know how the race is going to lay right. out you know, it. You might have a Ford leading and a Chevy and Toyota back there, and their only option is the mm -hmm. link up to get around the Ford. Yep. And you, then you're going against corporate rules. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, all that needs thrown out. And that's something that bothered me. And I pointed out to my wife as we were watching Monday night. There were several times when I looked at the lineup, and it'd be five Fords, yep. then five Chevys, and then five Toyota, or however yeah. it was, mm -hmm. they were f in groups oh, yes. of five, yeah. and you weren't breaking it. The manufacturers were all grouped up there together. Yep. Yes. And Denny was the only Toyota left, and he ended up winning it. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty yeah. much everybody You're, else was, yeah. you know. But again, and I will give Denny credit on this. Denny's one of those guys that will buck a lot of that yeah. when it comes to winning a race. Yep. Uh, because there at the end, and I get there was, you can make the argument, well, there was no other Toyota for him to work with. But Denny's a guy, when, when it's on the line, he can go get it. And I, I honestly believe, and Gibbs would probably just give you the corporate answer, but I think Gibbs tells his drivers too. Race. We're gonna work, but yeah. at the end of it, we're gonna race. Yeah. If you have a chance to go with somebody, yeah. If we rip. can go one, two, three, we'll do that yeah. like we did last year. But if not, race. Well, when you're winning, nobody bitches. But as soon as like if he would have finished, you know, second, third, or fourth, they would, you know, you didn't do what right. we told you to do. Right. You know. What's point number two? Oh, that just looking ahead to to Las Vegas, oh. and, and this is, I guess, my question for you there. You know, obviously, I think Daytona is the absolute worst race to to kind of forecast the season on. Um, but I guess who did you coming out of Daytona? Who do you think is is going to be strong this season? Who do you think maybe is going to struggle? Um, and one thing I'm going to throw out to you guys uh, for next week's show when we wrap up Las Vegas. Your homework is I want you guys to pick your 16 drivers that are locked in the chase at the end of the year. And we're going to keep those lists, and we're going to see who is the closest. So starting 1 to 16. So who are you impressed with? Who are you not looking ahead to Las Vegas? Well, like you said, Daytona is the world's worst to make any predictions mm -hmm. off of because I don't think nobody shows their hand there. I think they go to Daytona with a whole different game plan for that race than they do the entire rest of the year. But uh, – I'm going to have to just – I got to take my hat off to all the young drivers. Mm -hmm. All of them. All, you know, we six rookies, you know, because of the accidents, a lot of them got absorbed and taken out because of that, but they all were running well prior to an accident. Right. And I really – correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but I don't think a rookie caused one accident in the Daytona 500. I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I don't think so. I think you're correct. Joey Logano wrecked Keselowski. Yeah, for the second year in a row. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of wondering what the team talk on Tuesday morning was there because mm -hmm. 
we all know bad brad cannot stand that stuff yeah. and how long is he going to tolerate that till he tells pinsky something has to give yeah. when my teammate is the reason i'm getting wrecked out yeah and teammate might be why you're leaving at the end of the year too yeah <laughs> yeah you're exactly right yeah i i think bad brad may just take that conversation into his own hands yeah i think so too <laughs> i think that's what's coming yeah because you know again Logano does not know what it's like to be a teammate. He's shown that time after time after time. Right. And, uh, you know, he worries about Joey, and, and he's a race car driver. Maybe that's right. what you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. But when you got 150 laps left in the race. You don't do something like you, that. Maybe you should just slow your yeah. roll. Again, like Stenhouse. Stenhouse wants to be done. And maybe that goes back to, you know, Stenhouse is, is a dirt racer. And he's used to short races. You know, Kyle Larson mm -hmm. is a checkers of records. Those guys, I don't think, understand their marathons and not sprints. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh, – I, I don't disagree with that because they have that heat race. You know, heat, main, B-main, feature, dash. I'm running yeah. quick. Got to get to the front as fast as I can yes. because I got 20 laps to make this thing happen. It's almost like they got their, you know, NASCAR heat put on 10% instead of 100% <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they got to get to the front, you know. Hey, yeah. got, got to give a shout-out here, though. I know I told you this. I, I and I'll probably get killed for this because you know as dirt racing fans we have to hate anything. I did buy the new Tony Stewart sprint car game and I will give it an absolute A plus. I think really? it is excellent. Now I know people will kill me. Well, it's the dynamics aren't as good as i racing. Well, you know what? It also doesn't cost nearly as much yeah, as yes. i racing. But for a fun game that goes all the way through the the TQ midgets to the 305s to the 410 sprints that really shows this is my most impressive thing because i know you and i talked about the late models on the nascar game that really shows how dirt racing works because when you come in you practice get some hot laps you qualify you go out and you you are set in one of four heat races based on your qualifying time you run your heat if you finish in the top two you move on to the qualifying dash if you're top five you go right into the a the feature if you don't you go to the b main and then you go in and run the feature so it is actually a dirt how, yeah setup mm -hmm. not not just qualify run the race so it, and i'm also going to say you know they, they compared it to i racing that's a simulator this yeah. is entertainment yeah people need to realize that yeah. and, and i know i said this to you but dirt fans you wonder why no video game company takes a chance on building a dirt game well, when they do, and all you do is shred it, yes. Mm -hmm. Why would I invest in going and doing it again? Yeah, you know, appreciate the fact that Tony was able to work this thing out. And I, I'm telling you, and I know I've heard all of it. Well, they're not real tracks. They're not this. All that stuff costs licensing dollars. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, I, a plus for me uh, for a sprint car game on the dirt to have some fun. Great game. Well, you know, like the whole i racing deal. You know, we've talked. I've got it at home and just to get started you know it's so freaking expensive but you know a, a game like the the tony stewart deal like he was just talking about you know what 25 30 dollars maybe a little bit more uh, it's and, about 50 in it or 50 okay yeah. uh you know you buy that you're ready to go and just like in my my software computer and everything i've got probably thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars wrapped up oh really i didn't yeah. realize it was even that expensive. yeah and i don't even have you know like a full-blown sim rig i just got my computer and my wheel and pedals or the oh, really? computer desk and i mean there's there's guys and you've got that, that much in it yeah and well so the I, guys with the actual seat and all that they are spending buku yeah. then 
I mean, I, I know when we go to PRI, like every oh, row has yeah. like five of those. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, just for the computer part, I gave, what, about $900 for. Oh, my. And it was. Probably, but that's hard to justify. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and to go back to what you just said, and I think that's the greatest point. One is a game. Mm-hmm. And one is a simulator. Yeah, one's entertainment. And here's what I will say: if that game my five year old picks up and falls in love with dirt track racing, the same way I did when PlayStation Two released the World of Outlaws Sprint Car game, and I could go be Steve Kinzer at Bloomington Speedway, mm-hmm. yes. then that game did exactly what Tony Stewart hoped it would do. Yeah. He doesn't yep. think my son's going to become the next Steve Kinzer by playing his his sprint car racing game, but he might become the next Dustin Roller that sits in the stands every Saturday night to go yes. watch. Yeah, yeah, it's done its job. Absolutely, and and it's well worth the fifty dollars for you and two three buddies to get together, have a couple adult beverages, and mm-hmm. try to outdo each other. Oh, that's getting ready to happen. Soon. I figured it was. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna get the wheel out, and we're gonna we're gonna do some wheeling on it. I, I expected that, but it's well worth that. Absolutely. You know, and, and it, again, it's entertainment. And if you don't hate on it, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, and even the NASCAR game, I've I've heard everybody hate on that. They put dirt in. I mean, yeah. Yeah. don't hate on that. Yeah, no, the physics and there are, are real great. tracks there. Those are real yes. tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but just don't hate on yeah, it. That NASCAR game, except know. for the dirt road course. Yeah. I, okay, <laughs> that I I, I, I am going to point that out. That was kind of silly. I really I raced that one time. And I have simulated that race every time I play a season. When I play, because I'm in career mode. Oh, and me it, too. And yeah. I, I can't. When I get it. to that, I just skip it. I just let them whatever wherever they let me finish. Yeah, is, I, I'm appreciative. I sim of right it. through because yes. it. No, that is the dumbest. I I will back that up. Dumbest decision ever was a dirt road course yes. with a late model. Yeah. yeah. Be even better with a sprint car because you can't turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that's. But I I know what they're trying to do. You know. People really hyped up the road courses in NASCAR, and they thought, well, let's throw the road course in down here. And Yeah. And, yeah. hey, sometimes you shoot and score, and sometimes you way yeah. outside. Yeah, that'd be an air ball. Yeah. Yeah. We have a sound effect for anything like well, that? Well, I, I already <laughs> changed my sound effect, right? I given the, you know, you're out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, guys, this is the DARF show. Um, if you don't know what DARF is, DARF stands for Dumbass Race Fan. And we are taking that term back. Uh, so the idea here is, is that, you know, people, you know, make fun of NASCAR, make fun of, you know, the racing world. And we're going to take that back. And, you know, we may be dumbass race fans, but you know what? We're going to enjoy it when yep. it's on and, and, and talk about it and have fun with yep. it. And it's still a good product. Uh, it's a product that we will give suggestions to improve, but it's still a good product. It's a lot of fun. Yes. And so this episode will come out Friday night. um, And then from here on out, they will be released on Tuesday. So if you want to get your race recap, uh, get the hot topics that we're going to be throwing it out as these guys drop it like it's hot, make sure you join us on Tuesdays uh, for the DARF show. And we will be on every week, pending some kind of, you know, cancellation. We'll be on every week that there is a NASCAR race. So we will follow every NASCAR race. If there's an off weekend, we won't be on. So that's kind of how we're going to work things. So, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Great mm-hmm. job. And we'll see you next week after Vegas. Sounds good. And welcome to the DARF podcast presented by 
throttled up the podcast we're gonna get into some hot topics here but before we do let me introduce to you your two co-hosts for today's show they are the ones the only in the crib ma drop it like it's hot drop it like it's hot drop it like it's hot when the pigs try to get at you park it like it's hot park it like it's hot park it like it's hot and if it get an attitude pop it like it's hot pop it like it's hot pop it like it's hot i got the rollie on my arm and i'm pouring sean down and i'm full of best because i got it going on And welcome to the first episode of the Darf Podcast. And our co-host, as you saw there in the terrific entrance, they're going to be dropping some hot opinions on you um, on some hot topics. And our co-hosts are obviously the Matt Staples and the Nathan Bowling. Going to go at it here today. And I am off camera. Just going to sit in the side. I'm going to throw out some some topics for these guys to debate and argue um, and kind of see where we come out here. So we've got 10 topics uh, for them to drop it like it's hot on. I'm ready. Let her rip. All right. So here's the first one. And we talked a little bit about this before, but I, I think this is one to really discuss is you talk about Kyle Busch's success and he's got 200 wins in NASCAR across the, the truck series the Xfinity series and then the cup series where does that 200 wins rank all time I mean it's impressive obviously but I mean are we like comparing to like Richard Petty and you tell me where he ranks definitely in the top five all time not the not the greatest but overall perform but definitely top five I think I disagree. I'll give him a top 20. Top but, 20. Uh, you know, I know people go to watch the big names at the NASCAR races, but, you know, you got to get to a point where you're not going down and racing the trucks. You know, that, to me, I think the truck's a learning series for NASCAR. And, you know, how many times can you go down and beat them guys up and then brag about it? Right. Uh, I've heard him say several times that if he wasn't racing the truck, then that affects – you know, like his sponsorship money coming in and his bit overall business and all, which I understand, you know, both sides of it. But sometimes boss man's got to go down and kind of, uh, what I want to say, like keep things rolling, I guess, you know. But I think when he's, he sells his sponsorship, he needs to sell it as I'm going to try to put somebody new. Yeah. You know, somebody yeah, that's going to be an up and comer in there and, and we need to make the money accordingly. True. I've always thought if you go down and race the truck series or the Xfinity, you know, maybe you don't get paid for it or not as much, you know. Because, yeah. I because when that. those guys qualify for that, they're knocking somebody out that that has the opportunity mm -hmm. of, of getting in the race. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I in a way, I like it, but in another way, I don't. Because, you know, like from a fan's perspective, if 
somebody isn't going to the cup race on Sunday, then they can still go and see Kyle run a truck on Friday night or whenever it is. You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I, mean, I understand the reasoning. I just, right, you know, right, I just, right. So Nathan says top five all-time. Kyle Busch is a top five all-time driver. Where are you at? I'll give him top 20. I mean, he's a good driver. I'm not going to take everything from him, but... Come on. No top five. I'll give you top 10. How about that? No. Can we compromise a little? <laughs> top 10 for sure. Yeah. I disagree. Let's do top 10. <laughs> so. Uh, I see I'm an island by myself on this one. <laughs> so, going to hot topic number two. And this was one that, that when I looked back at Media Day, um, I looked at some of the comments from the Daytona 500 Media Day. And one of those was when they were talking to Kyle Busch and they asked Kyle Busch, who is the face of NASCAR? And I think this is something that, that going through the coming years of NASCAR is going to be important because you talk about Stewart's gone, Gordon's gone, Earnhardt Jr.'s gone, you know, Jimmy Johnson is finishing up this year. Who right now is the face of NASCAR? I think that's shared. Mm-hmm. I think Harvick has a little of the face. Kyle Busch is definitely a face. I don't think he is the face. Um, personally, I think Christopher Bell will end up being the face of NASCAR. That is, that's yeah. what I think. Whoa. Yeah, like he said, I mean, I don't think it's all, you know, one person. I think it's, you know maybe four or five guys definitely i i think chase elliott would fall you know into that rank because but to me it's just trying to find somebody that you know like the fans can relate to because (laughs) i'm waiting for another sound effect (laughs) because you know people could kind of relate to dell earnhardt jr you know uh just you know his personality and you know tony stewart no but you don't have those guys obviously competing anymore so you know definitely harvick but uh like i said chase elliott i don't know what i mean i agree with him with christopher bell for sure um maybe even a guy like tyler reddick i think he's gonna do fairly well you well you gotta root for reddick i mean he's right, a late model guy right Maybe even Matty D, you know, Matt DiBenedetto, oh, yeah. you know. So there's there's several guys that that could share that for sure. Okay, so when they ask Kyle Busch that same question, Kyle Busch's answer was Chase Elliott. He's the most popular driver. He's got the heritage. He's got the family, you know, lineage there in NASCAR and said it's obvious he's the face. But they followed up and asked Kyle Busch, who's the best driver in NASCAR? And he said me. Absolutely. But and you can hate on Bush all you want. Is there any driver you want that wouldn't say I'm the best? So then my question to you two to throw out is who really is the best? That race is right now. Right now. Hmm. Wow, that's uh I don't think you can narrow it down to one person, honestly. I mean the past few years you've seen, you know, like True X, he's won I mean like True X Harvest. Shut up and <laughs> and hamlet you know they've won pretty much the same amount of races last year or whatever but i don't know who's the best the best 
happy. God, that's hard to... Duh. Winning. I don't know. I've got to go with Kyle. I mean, my opinion. I mean, I, I like the guy, but at right now, definitely Kyle Busch. But got, just how he answered that question, though, was kind of... Well, like what Dustin said, though, if a race car driver doesn't say right, me, you, right. you, you don't want him racing. Right. So you're you're against the way that Kyle Busch answered the question. Well, the, not really, but it's just, I don't know, more like his tone, I guess. I don't know, but I know that don't make sense. Game over. <laughs> nah, every drive. You, go back to the greats. Earnhardt would not have said, mm -hmm. well, I'm not the best, but Gordon would not have said, well, I'm yeah. not the best, but Rusty Wallace, Tony Stewart, go down the list of guys that have won championships and are, are Hall of Fame style guys. Who's the best? We are. Yeah, you, you could ask all 36 drivers in the, in the pits and all of them would mm -hmm. say that th they were the best driver. All right, moving on to topic number three. And it's, it's kind of funny because I heard earlier when we were watching a little bit uh, coming in uh, that you picked this out. But Kyle Larson, obviously a guy known that what loves to race anything that he can get his hands on. And over the offseason, raced 20 times, won 10 of the 20. So a 50% win uh, percentage, including the Chili Bowl. Yes. He finally got his Chili Bowl. And the Gobbler. What does that mean for Kyle Larson coming into the NASCAR season? Is that is that momentum, or do you think that doesn't mean anything? Whatever means, you go and do, it means nothing. That means his days in NASCAR are numbered is what that means to me. That totally he's going to make a little bit more money, and then he's going to go race dirt until he's an old, old man. That's what that means to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, he will do good this year, I, I think. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire in NASCAR because, honestly, I think he gets bored with NASCAR racing. I think he likes his short you know the heat races and the feature events and, and dirt racing over the the long endurance races of nascar so i i don't think he's gonna set the world on fire but he's gonna be a contender but as far as a momentum side i mean definitely that's got to be momentum for him has to be no matter what kind of race it is still getting behind the steering wheel of a race car i mean that's still motivation and like he said when he does that all off season he don't have to worry about knocking the, the rust off mm -hmm. he can just get right back in the car and go I agree. And I Can't think touch this. Can't touch this. I think that's what you'll see a lot of Kyle Larson as long as he can't touch the wall. Well, he'll touch the wall because that's <laughs> the way he drives. That's <laughs> uh yeah, I, you know, he'll have a, a mark on every every wall and every track they race at this year. But I think I think anytime you're you're again consistently sitting in the seat, it's got to be a positive, you know, going into the mm -hmm. season. So all right, Eric Jones. Let's talk about another young guy. Um, Eric Jones in a contract year. Um, it has to be a big year for him. I mean, I think he, you know, I, I know we talked earlier, Matt, you and I, talking about what the uh, rookie class looked like. Not only is it one of the biggest rookie classes we've seen in a long time, but probably one of the most talented rookie classes we've seen in a long time. And Eric Jones, when he came in, was one of those guys that was – possibly going to be the next face of nascar what do you see happening this year is he back in the same ride does he end up somewhere else i'll let you go first nathan i think in my honest opinion in 2021 he will be driving the 95 car and christopher bell's going to be driving the 20 for gibbs they're going to swap 
because last year he signed Jones signed a one year contract extension to stay in that car for this season. So there's something that's going to happen, in my opinion. I can see Eric Jones possibly be out of NASCAR or drop down to the Xfinity because I think he showed up with big expectations and it's kind of a flash in the pan now. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think he fulfilled his expectations of when he came to NASCAR. Finish him. So you're finishing him. Yes. Done. Done. I think he'll go to the 95 next year. They'll swap. That's what I think. <laughs> I think he's been a lot down since he's been in NASCAR. You know, he was a great racer before we got there, but I just, his highlight reel is very, very small. I don't know off the top of my head how many truck wins and Xfinity wins he has, but. Uh, I'll, I'll but, say in cup. Right, right. He did well in, in, the, yeah. in, the, you know, in the, the trucks and the Xfinity, but when he came to cup, I, the I think they moved up too quick. Yeah, that too, but the competition level and cups, obviously a lot more you know more deep and that kind of i think another year or so in xfinity kind of like what cole custer's done you know so i think cole's gonna do good i know that's not who we're exactly talking about but <laughs> what what is the average since finish you do you know i don't have a clue off the top of my head let's see i know he won the southern 500 last year i'm just curious where he's finished yeah. here um and then before that was daytona which anybody could basically win their July race. Trying to see if it says where he's finished. His yeah. average finish? Yeah. And uh, looks like 19th, 15th, 16th is where he's. Those are the, the finishes he's had the last three years. So 19th, 15th, and 16th. So a top 20 driver. And that, you know, that doesn't sell a lot of sponsorships. No. You know, not when you're in a, you know, a tier one team. Now, if you're in the 95, you're doing, you're mm -hmm. setting the world on fire. But right. when you're in that 20 car, I mean, you know, Logano Stewart's won championships out of that yep. car. He should not be running 19th, 15th, and 17th. Right. Exactly. Okay. Moving on to the next topic. I believe I can fly. We just had prom in here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe Jimmy Johnson can win again? No. Yes. A championship or a race? Let's start with championship. Heck no. No. Race. Yes. No. Nope. This is his swan song, and he's you know he's just going to try to ride it out the best he can. But I, I don't think Jimmy Johnson will see victory lane again. I think he'll he will win one race this year. I'm going to say one. I'll give him that. So let's set the over under at one. You're the under. You've got you're you're setting it at one. So what what are we going to put on the line for Jimmy Johnson one win this year? You decide, you decide. You decide, man. What are we putting on there? Are we doing like a bed or what? Well, are we? yeah, between you guys. I mean, you chicken wings. Okay. <laughs> Nathan has to eat boneless chicken wings. If Jimmy Johnson does for 
Six months, Nathan. You cannot eat a boned-in wing oh, for six hell months. No. Oh, no. Put your money where your mouth goes there, man. Not six months. Oh, yeah. Three months. No bone for you. Well, that's I still got, what, how many months until NASCAR is yeah, over? So. Yeah. You, can, you can do it in the off-season. Three months, no boned-in bone in chicken wings for three months if jimmy johnson does not win a race and if he wins and jimmy johnson may win right now i'll take it and if he wins one or more i can only eat boned in wings okay i'm game all right there it is right there next one out of the unbelievable nascar rookie crop that we've talked about who has the best year this year bell bell who has the best career? Bell. Yeah, I have to go Bell too. He's NASCAR has all their chips pushing on him, man. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's he's going to be the next face. And technically, you know, they've interviewed him fifteen times yeah, today already. Yeah, that's, you know, he and, is going to be the. You know, he's the Jeff Gordon, the Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. everything that's been. That's mm-hmm. they're banking everything on him. All right, next topic. I hey. love these sound effects. <laughs> Haley Deegan, can she win in cup? Today or in the future? Let's start with today. Not today. I think she's still got to get a little more polished, and uh, she has to get some big races experience under her belt, but I think in the future she can. She's. I mean, I will take nothing from her. She is a race car driver in, in every aspect of being a race car driver. She's not a marketing machine like uh, somebody else was a few years ago oh, we can say we, we can say the name danica danica yeah, yeah. i think Haley will win races yes though. i think she will win an arca race this year she's i think she's running the full arca series well, right. she finished second mm-hmm. in her first time at daytona mm-hmm. she ran second next topic kevin harvick you just said Kevin Harvick is the best driver in NASCAR right now. Yep. And this year, he had to sign a two-year extension. And and he talked about considering retirement. Actually went to some of the NASCAR guys who had gotten out. Even went to Joe Girardi, former uh, manager of the Yankees, to ask when was the right time to get out. Um, Do you think Harvick's ready to be contemplating retirement? Hmm. I noticed with Jeff Gordon, once they started getting comfortable with their lives, the drive went away. And I think maybe, you know, that's kind of what he was looking at, you know, because he was really branching out to radio shows and he was doing broadcasting. And I think he was losing that luster of being in the car because I know he gave up the broadcasting, and the radio shows for his next two years right. so he could focus on driving. Right. So that's how I'm going to see if he's really has the love still or if he does, you know, realize he can step away. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this this contract he just signed i think that'll be his last one because he made a good point you know with the broadcasting deal the broadcast uh contract with the two networks is up in 2023 and he kind of wants to see who's yeah, going to be yeah, yeah. so you know why not race the new car coming out next year for a couple of years and get the feel of that and then go straight to the booth you know that way he's got that knowledge instead of not knowing all right this one should be a hot topic oh boy this isn't the biggest one tonight though 
What one driver throughout history can be current, can be former, could have competed at any point in time in any car and been the most successful? I'm going to let Nathan go first because you guys know what my answer is going to be. Oh, God. Any... I had to give you time to think. Well, that that wasn't enough time. No. Here. (laughs) My name is Jeff. That could be competitive in anything? In the Cup Series, any former driver that could go across across time periods. Outside of the car tomorrow because nobody could drive that. Oh, my God. That's tough. I could go way back and say A.J. Foyt, but I don't know. I never got to see A.J. race any cup races, though, but I don't know. That's tough. That's very tough. Okay, Matt, I'm going to you. Earnhardt, man. That's only one answer. That's the only answer. You know, Dale drove the cars when they had very little power steering. Yeah. Bias ply tires, junk brakes. You know, these cars got, you know, the greatest brakes in the world, power steering, radial race tires. I mean, you know, it's just gotten easier from what he learned on. Yeah. Here's the one counter I'll throw to the Dale Earnhardt thing. Talking about him coming into the day. And I know a lot of what is here today is because of, of his fatal wreck. Could he have done it the way he did talking about all the safety gear that's in? Oh, I think he would have protested all that he could. Him in a full feel, full face, facial shield helmet, Hans device, full containment seat. No, we're talking like he never got out of seat or he, he, we had the Dale Earnhardt era and then we stick him in today. But then you have to say we stick him in today. So because if you pick somebody from today and take him back, we can't do that. Right on. See, that's where I think I think Dale Earnhardt can go retro better than he can come forward just because not saying I don't think he could drive the car. If they let him use his open face shield and go, I think he's just as yeah. good as he's ever been. Well, if we're going to go with all of that, and you're, you're going to fall out of chair when I say this. No, I'm not because there's only one answer. Tony Stewart. Absolutely. Well, I was kind of on the right track because you can kind of compare AJ and Tony Stewart. So yeah, you know, I, but Dale Earnhardt drivers the greatest NASCAR driver ever. But if you're going to go be able to go back retro and come forward, it's it's going to be Tony. And, and and you you know you know I'm not a great big Tony fan, but you got to give him props. And part of that is just the timing because he had to run after Dale died. Yes, and I, I agree. But that's the only thing I struggle with seeing Dale going forward is the safety gear nothing yeah. about talent and if you remember when uh, the hans device came out Stewart made the big ordeal to banquet mm-hmm. when he wore his hans device underneath his suit because he said he wanted to get used to it so all right now this is by far the biggest topic of the night and um you know i i really don't even know where you guys will go with it so i'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there here Boneless wings versus bone-in wings. You know my vote, but I'm afraid to answer. Well, let's say, why, why is it? Let me hear the reasoning why. 
that I prefer bone-in wings. I know you like to get bone, but why <laughs> why, uh, why you like that? More fun to eat. <laughs> See, I'm going to have to, like I said earlier in our group text, mm-hmm. I have to go. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. I have to go boneless. <laughs> because i think the quality of meat's higher because i think it's made out of breast meat mm-hmm. and like i say once you get a breast in your mouth you know you're not gonna worry about anything else so <laughs> i gotta be honest if i'm awarding points i'm leaning towards boneless right now <laughs> you better come in strong here nathan i need an argument <laughs> well how can i argue against that <laughs> i was set up on that deal you know <laughs> I like breast meat and Nathan <laughs> likes boned. I do. Well, never mind. <laughs> that's what I thought. I do like chicken thighs. Bruh. <laughs> uh, I just want to, I just want to throw this out there again, Nathan, uh, as you're talking about your preferences, this is just a personal preference. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Just throwing it. Chicken thighs are my favorite cut, though. Oh, I know. No. Okay, for the record, what was your Valentine's date? Chicken wings. Bone wings. Did you you eat your bone wings in the candlelight? No. Nathan, you're left speechless over this I know, debate. I know. And this is supposed to be the hot topic. I was yeah. ready, man. So is this what the talk's been about the chicken wings <laughs> for the past freaking week or whatever? <laughs> I think we want some comments on this. What our listeners prefer, whether it's going to be boneless or boned. Start a poll on the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, we need to start one course boneless is gonna win so i mean once they hear my argument right i might even switch to boneless now <laughs> <laughs> he's already cutting it out <laughs> give it up <laughs> all right well those were my 10 hot topics from the guys here tonight um so hopefully uh <laughs> You learned something. Um, so, so do you like them breaded or naked? I always like mine naked and hot. Me too. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Join us each and every week. I could have went 15 different, what, but I'm just uh-huh. keeping my mouth shut. Join us each and every week that there is a NASCAR Switch race. Switch hitter over there. Here on... <laughs> That's going to be a train wreck. (laughs) That's Austin Burns. He don't like chicken wings. (laughs) Join us each and every week here on the Darf Show to hear what these two have to say about NASCAR and the 10 hot topics of the week. But... Before we go, one more little musical number here from our two co-hosts as we take off.
Gonna do the two step, then cowboy boogie. Grab it sweet hard and spin out with oh do the hold down and get into it. Thanks for joining us. That's disturbing. Oh, uh, you got. <laughs>